0: This is Vote Her In, a collaboration between Two Broads Talking Politics and author Rebecca Sive. Today's guest is Pat Dowell, 3rd Ward Alderman in Chicago and Democratic candidate for Secretary of State of Illinois. Hi, everyone. I am Kelly. This is Vote Her In. Vote Her In is a collaboration between Two Broads Talking Politics and Rebecca Sive. Uh, Rebecca is the author of Vote Her In Your Guide to Electing Our First Woman President. So I'm going to turn this over to Rebecca now, who will introduce our guest. Hi, Rebecca. Hi, Kelly. I'm glad to be here on this beautiful
1: summer evening and with our very special guest who I think wins the award for the most beautiful background that we've had to date. I mean, orchids and motivational messages, it's wonderful. That is uh, Alderman Pat Dow, who is an Alderman of the Chicago City Council, has served there since 2007. And importantly, she is now running in the Illinois Democratic uh, Party primary for Secretary of State. And I want to just read a little introduction of Pat to you, uh, because I think it's important for everyone here to just sort of understand, among other things, there is, uh, in 2021, this is my own opinion of plethora. Maybe is that the word of wonderful women in public office running for office, really, uh, doing the right thing. So, and so here's Pat's background for you. Um, Pat Dow, a lifelong, and I know that from personal experience and distinguished public servant, has the answers for us. That's her website uh, statement, and I'm sure she does. Pat was a senior city planner, the head of several not for profits, as well as a social worker and a university instructor. Instructor, excuse me. She's a graduate of the University of Chicago Master's Program in Social Service Administration, as well as receiving her BA from the University of Rochester. So importantly in her role as alderman and for those of you who aren't from Chicago, aldermen there are 50 aldermen in Chicago. It's obviously a very big city and it's really like running your own little city. I you know because there are upwards of 50,000 residents or so in each ward. And in addition to serving her constituents, Pat is the chair of the City Council Budget Committee, uh, overseeing literally billions of dollars in municipal expenditures. So she's a legislator as an alderman, but an executive in her role as a chair of that committee. And what we're really going to focus on this evening is this favorite uh, topic of ours, which is women seeking executive office, serving an executive office. And so, Pat, welcome. And, uh, Thank you very much, Kelly and Rebecca. It's great to be here. I'm so glad you're here and I'm going to ask this first question about uh, why you've chosen at this juncture, having been a legislator for as long as you haven't been as good at it. Clearly, you've been reelected several times. Why you've chosen to seek executive office and specifically the secretary of state office?
2: Well, thank you very much for having me. Uh, You know, this decision was not made lightly. Um. When I look back on uh, my career and I think about how I got to this place, um, I have to start at the beginning with uh, Norman and Catherine Dowell. My uh, father was a janitor who worked for Pan Am Airlines, and my mother was a nurse who, wow. uh, both in their spare time, were very involved in the community. My father, if you can believe it, was a member of the Parent Teachers Association, something My mother did not want to do, my father did that, and my mother was more involved in block club activities. And each separately took me to various community meetings um, where I had a chance to watch other adults um, interact and take care of the business of the community or take care of the business of the school. And it was through those experiences that um, I came to value Uh, you know, things that my parents were trying to teach me, uh, the value of hard work, um, service, uh, just, um, being excellent at what you do and doing all of this with a sense of integrity, with integrity. And I became sort of the kind of person who wanted to serve others, uh, to work with others. Um, that traveled through my high school career where I went to a high school. That, uh, had, um, Haitians and, uh, Jews and, uh, Puerto Ricans and none of the groups ever went to prom because no one liked the prom because it was just, uh, focused on one particular community. And I ran for class president because I wanted to try to bring people together. So I won, I think, by uh sixty-six votes and um organized the first prom in our very diverse high school where everyone came together, um everyone attended, and it um showed me the importance of working with different communities. So I've always been someone that's been a public service, a public servant, and in this role as alderman, I have learned how to um work with different communities and bring people together. So when I think of this position as secretary of state, I tell people, well, I'm already an executive. Um, I serve as an executive of my ward, um, which is a very diverse ward, making sure that people um, have the services, can get the resources that they need um, in order to live their best lives. And um, as the chair of the budget committee, I serve as the executive as well because it's a matter of, you know, dealing with 50 different aldermen, um, who have 50 different positions on, uh, the budget really, um, plus a mayor who has, uh, ideas about the budget as well and trying to bring people together in a way that you can create a consensus to vote for the budget that serves the entire city. So when I looked at, um, the point that uh, Secretary White was not going to run for this position. And I looked at the candidates um, who had already announced and I compared my track record, my uh, deep, deep commitment to public service, uh, my desire not to use this office as a stepping stone to something higher. I see it a higher office. I see it more as a destination uh, location for me. Um, I thought that I was really the best candidate for this race. And even though I was probably one of the last people to announce, um, I'm in this race because I feel that I am the best candidate uh, for this particular office at this particular time.
0: So Secretary of State within a state is one of those positions that people don't always really know a whole lot about what it does, uh, what that position means. Can you talk some about what your vision for this office is and and how you would use this role to advance the cause of women and girls, which is something that we care a lot about on this podcast?
2: Well, um, I have been someone who's been Focused on serving the residents of my ward. And this opportunity gives me a chance to service the community of of Illinois, including Chicago. Um, The Office of Secretary of State is more than just license plates and stickers, it has a lot of other responsibilities to work with uh, businesses, to um, be the state librarian to be responsible for literacy. And those are the kinds of things that I want to work on Uh, specifically. I want to make sure that people have great customer service. Um, In fact, today I just released um, a policy paper on uh, creating a personal dashboard for uh, people who have to interact with the Secretary of State's office so that they don't have to stand in line. They can do more of their business online. Um, so that's a, that tag word for me, uh, online, not inline. But um, a personal dashboard, similar to um, what you already do with online banking where with online banking, you, know, you can pay a bill, you can transfer money, you can um, look for loan products and so many things you can do online. Um, that should be the same uh, dashboard that should be available for the secretary of state's office, where you can not only renew your license, but you can sign up if you want to be an organ donor um, or uh, if you want to seek services that are in other agencies within the secretary of state office. Um, in terms of women. Um, I want to make sure that the same policies that we advance at the city level um, for uh, scheduling fair work week, uh, making sure that the pay is uh, equalized between men and women, making sure that we have sick leave policies, that the sexual harassment policies are strong within the Secretary of State's office. Those are policies that I want to see advanced in that office that serve women. I'm also interested in providing opportunities for young girls and boys uh, to learn about civic participation, uh, how our government works. So I look to provide opportunities as I do now within my office uh, for young people to learn more about. Uh, our government uh, at the state level.
1: So speaking of young people, I want to go back a minute to what uh, this story you were telling us about organizing the prom and bringing everybody together. I I have, I was just getting chills when you said that. And I, I just remember clicks and all that stuff in high school. And, and I didn't go to a particularly diverse high school, but even so, people were so separated. And um, and I was a member of a minority group there, so I had a little bit of that. You know, I wasn't taking off uh, eating fish on Fridays and stuff like that. Most of the town was Catholic. But can you tell us and our listeners, how did you, you know, with the young age of 17 or 18, how did you go about organizing and Convincing people that they ought to come together and, and celebrate together. You know, That's all right. through high
2: school, all through high school, I was a, uh, a jock. I, I played, uh, volleyball. I played basketball and that puts you in situations. I also sung in the choir and, um, was part of the newspaper team. Uh, and that puts you in, different arenas where you meet different kinds of people. I mean, I got invited to uh, uh, bar mitzvahs and, and other kinds of events um, where I met different people who lived in different places. I mean, I grew up in New York um, and I had friends in Jamaica states while I lived in Jamaica. So um, it gave me an opportunity to see how other people live and to take the time to understand them and then try to bring them together around common issues. Uh, uh, one of the biggest issues in high school at that point was, you know, well, what kind of music were we gonna have? What kind of band? So we need a band that could play not only uh, soul music, but a little bit of salsa that could play some rock music and uh, appeal to everyone. So I learned very early on that skill of consensus building, of bringing people together. And uh, that's a trait that uh, I have found to be of value to me as I have uh, tried to improve my community and other communities in the city of Chicago.
1: So uh, speaking of serving different communities and being in a diverse community, can you talk a little bit about uh, what you've done uh, in terms of legislative and policy matters while in the city council, specifically relating to women and girls and their needs? You know, I've been
2: a um, key spokesperson about um, providing opportunities for women at the Chicago O'Hare Airport. So I have been a sponsor of legislation which uh, makes sure that um, women uh, get a piece of the lease and licensing action that happens at the airport. And so we passed that legislation. I've also been the co-sponsor of some very important legislation that uh, ensures the economic security uh, for women as it relates to the fair work week, uh, the um, sick pay uh, ordinance, um, and other ordinances that help Women who are, you know, sometimes the head of their families or who work in the service industry or who um, are working in the retail industry. So I've been involved in that as well as co sponsors of some important legislation. I've also been a co sponsor of the sexual harassment, um, including the sexual harassment uh, component in our ethics ordinance, which had been missing for a very long time. Um, I'm one of the people who helped push that through as well and voted for that. And then finally, um, you know, I've been an important spokesperson about increasing uh, minority and women participation in our contracts. You know, right now it's 5% for women, but uh, we're 50% of the population. Some say more and our participation in terms of accessing uh, city money or city programs um, is, is small compared to where we are in the population.
0: We also serve as uh, a senior appointed executive, uh, but Can you talk a little bit about what that balance looks like if you've been appointed to a position, you're working with an elected official, you know, how how you balance that relationship, especially if there are topics that you know more about than uh, than the elected official, perhaps?
2: Well, I am an elected official, so I work closely with um, the appointed officials within uh, the city. Um, and you know, sometimes it's just a matter of sitting down and talking to them about certain policies, trying to develop a consensus around those policies. Um, I think, uh, as the budget chair, um, I have a very instrumental role in making sure that the ideas of my colleagues are represented in the budget and being able to talk to the budget director or the head of a department about a a way of including something so that we can gain the support of more people as we vote on a budget um, has been a a challenge, something that I've uh, learned how to do and something that I've shown that I can handle and I'm very good at. Um, This will be my third budget and
1: uh, I'm looking forward to that process. So when you, uh, prior to being in Alderman, you were yourself appointed official in the city Department of Economic Development. And I think that there, you know, some of the people who listen to this program, some of the people that Kelly and I talk with, you know, they're not interested in running for office, but they're very interested in appointed office. And, you know, I wondered if you could share some of your insights about well, uh, don't do this if you don't, you know, or don't do that, or what is the wisdom on deciding whether appointed office is best for you?
2: Well, I wanted to be, you know, my goal when I first started working professionally in the city of Chicago was become the first African-American woman planning commissioner. Turns out that Valerie Jarrett was our first uh, commissioner. But I would say that um, putting yourself in the position to be appointed um, is something that can uh, help move you to an elected position, if that's something you choose to do. Um, But I think the key is, you know, making sure that what it is that you're involved in, that you're very passionate about, um, that you have the ability to work with people at the top of the food chain and at the bottom of the food chain, that you are someone who takes the time to fill a void. Um, you know, women are excellent at figuring out where the voids are and how to fill it. Um, so I I encourage women to do that, but always to be authentic in what you do, that um, when you show that you have the authentic, authenticity, to make something happen, or you show that you're authentic in the role that you're in, other people will notice that. And uh, elevation happens um, when that when people see that um, you have the ability to make something happen, or they can trust you with a project. Um, you know, I think that works out a lot for women.
1: You mentioned Valerie a moment ago, and of course, there's a wonderful... Uh, cohort of Black women leaders in Chicago now and in the past. And I'm wondering if you could share your thoughts on, you know, given the rise of Black women, both in elected and appointed office, what you see as, uh, in your opinion, the important policy issues they ought to focus on?
2: Um, Well, the policy issues, I think, relate to um, equity, making sure that uh, when resources are um, made available in whatever situation women find themselves in, that they have to be speak truth to power and to focus on equity so that uh, the resources are fairly distributed and go address past wrongs and can move forward in the future. Um, I think another policy issue is to make sure that women, no matter what station in life they are, have uh, great Um, support for their families. So they should, you know, if if they need time to take care of an ill child or a family member, that that should be something that they should be able to do without any regrets or fear that they're going to be, um, they're going to lose their job or uh, they're going to lose pay. Uh, So I think those are the kinds of policy issues that women, I think, should be focusing on. Ways to make sure that our economic security, our health, um, uh, we have supports for our health care, um, are things that uh, women should focus on in a policy position. Health, safety, and economic security. Those are the those are the main three.
0: So those are all things, of course, that uh, moms care about. uh, And we uh, often when we interview uh, politicians who are moms, we want to know how you balance those roles. Uh, I'm a mom myself. I know how hard it is to balance that with other things. Could you talk a little bit about that as well?
2: I don't think, uh, you know, just like when you have your first child, you don't really know what to do as a mother. You're learning it all on the fly. I think the same can be said about women in uh, politics or women uh, in jobs that are or careers that are very demanding. I did not handle that well um, initially very early on in life. Um, I spent a lot of time uh, putting in those hours. You know, you're supposed to work eight hours a day. I probably was working 13, 14 hours a day. Um, I ignored my health. Um, And I would say that uh, the balancing and juggling of of working and taking care of a family can be done, but you have to pay attention to self-care. You have to pay attention to spending time with your family. A lot of women don't do that, and uh, we suffer the consequences either in how our children uh, self-actualize or in how our healthcare suffers, our health suffers. And, uh, you know, I've been a victim of that. And I try to tell young mothers um, all the time, you know, take care of your family. Do you. Do you. Um, and everything else will fall in place.
1: You know, when I was uh, interviewing various uh, public officials for my first book, Every Day is Election Day, one of the uh, points actually uh, Illinois Attorney General Madigan made to me at that time we also talked about you when know, she was a young girl at that time and she's one of the things she said that really stuck with me on this point is uh no one's dreams are more important than yours that that in that seeking balance you don't forget you do you is you know just what you just said and I thought that was a a really powerful um, statement about how to at least think about how you're going to approach public life and a family. So before we close, is there anything else you want to uh, share with us here? And then a hearty thank you to you for sharing this time and being with us and telling our listeners about you and the race you're running. You know, you know one thing I would like to share
2: Kelly and Rebecca is the importance of women mentoring other women. Um, we did not talk about that in great detail, but you know, when I look back at um, some women that I have mentored who are now in really good positions, um, I was just at the Cook County Bar Association dinner uh, on Friday and the young woman who became the president of that organization, Natasha Jenkins, with someone who worked as an intern in my office, who I had an opportunity to pour into. Um, I look at uh, Juliana Stratton, who is our Lieutenant Governor, someone who I worked very hard to get in and support when she was a, a state rep. Um, I'm, you know, excited that she is our uh, Secretary, I mean, excuse me, our uh, Lieutenant Governor. So I think, um One thing I would like to say is that it's very important for women to mentor other women. Um, We didn't get here on our own, and uh, that's something that we should keep top of mind. Mm
1: -hmm. And on that note, the perfect note, this is something that we try to talk about a lot, which is women helping other women, women voting her in, right, in every place that we possibly can. Thank you so much, Alderman. We really appreciate it. And Good luck with the race, and we hope you'll come back and share some stories from uh, campaigning all the way down to Southern Illinois and back again. So we'll look Thank up. you very
2: much, you two. Uh, the 102
0: counties, and I look forward to going to every one. Thank, you. All Thank right. you. Thank you. The Vote Her In segment is a collaboration of Two Broads Talking Politics and author Rebecca Sive. Our theme song is called Are You Listening off of the album Elephant-Shaped Trees by the band Imunuri and we're using it with permission of the band. Our logo and other original artwork is by Matthew Wefflin and was created for use by this podcast. You can contact us at 2 gmail at gmail.com or on Twitter or Facebook at 2 Talk. You can find all of our episodes at 2 or anywhere podcasts are found.